Listen, Dad, are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? <sighs> it almost looks like this mobile suit is shaking in terror. It's a mobile suit! Amaro, is that you inside that mobile suit? Let's just see. Let's test the reaction time of your brand new mobile suit. You alone are responsible for the mobile suit now. Is that understood? These are the days when you wish your bed was already made. It's just another mobile suit. Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's Matt. Tomorrow Ray. I don't have to run days. It's just another mobile suit. Monday. Amaro Ray Mobile suit In war, to keep the upper hand, you have to think two or three moves ahead of the enemy Hey guys, welcome back to another Mobile-rific episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your white base crew tonight. I'm wearing my blue shirt tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of my fellow white base crew. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who is here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and I'm throwing a rock at you. This is Justin. Where is the ice cream? Where is the ice cream? That's a great... <laughs> Great question. So what we are discussing tonight is actually a feature-length Gundam film. It's entitled Mobile Suit Gundam, Kura Kura Cruise, Doan's Island. And of course, you may think, hey, that sounds familiar, because the last time you guys talked about the TV episode, which was the fabled 15th lost episode of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, but this is in fact an anime movie that's directed by Yoshikazu Yashuhiko, and it premiered fairly recently just to coincide with our podcast in June 3rd, 2022. So conveniently, we can now podcast about the film right after we have podcasted about the TV episode, which this film is an adaptation of, and that was the, of course, the infamous episode that aired way back in 1979. And I'm just going to read a brief synopsis. It's it's kind of a, you know, high-level, like, check this out, like, because it's really cool synopsis, I think, from the Gundam Wikia, because I was lamenting to the guys that I was going to steal some poorly worded synopsis from, like, Gundam Fandom or the Gundam Wikia, but it kind of cuts off, like, right around when Kika opens the door and thinks that Slager's going to get her some ice cream. And I'm kind of like... Dude, there's lots more that happens after that, so I figure we'll just we'll we'll discuss what happens. But basically, the high level, ten thousand foot level synopsis is: After enduring a defensive battle in Jaburo, the Earth Federation forces plan to launch an operation to capture Odessa, the headquarters of Zeon's Earth Attack Force. Amuro and the White Base head to Belfast to resupply before the mission. However, the White Base receives new orders to head to an uninhabited island known as the Island of No Return to wipe out any stragglers. Amro sets out on the island in search of soldiers that were left behind, but instead finds a group of children. A group. 
a fucking armada of children, and a Zaku that shouldn't be there. Losing the Gundam in a battle, Amuro meets a man who calls himself Kurakurakuru's Dawan. Uncovering the secrets of the island, can Amuro find the Gundam again and escape safely? Spoilers, he does. But we are here to discuss this feature film. Again, I thought it was kind of cool because I guess this, you know, again, like it says, it premiered in Japan fairly recently. I mean, as of this recording, we're, we're in July of 2022 to pull back the veil, but the, the feature film premiered in June, and my understanding is they were actually, like, selling copies of the Blu-ray to people that walked in to see the the film in the theater and stuff like that, which I thought was kind of cool, I guess. But I, I guess there's only so many properties you could get away with doing that with, but I, I think the original Mobile Suit Gundam is one of them. I was very, I guess, you know, I, I don't know, maybe we can talk about this a little bit, but, you know, and, and I think we've kind of, you know, we sort of covered it at the end of our episode where we talked about the TV episode, but I was fairly skeptical about why you would want to extend this, you know, make it a, a, a feature-length version of a TV episode that was widely panned. And I guess, I, I mean, I still sort of feel that way, but I, I will say, just as, as a general, broad kind of review, I enjoyed this. I mean, it was good. I had a good time watching it, and uh, I mean... You know, the, the extended stuff that, that turned this into a feature-length film, I mean, I think it's mostly fine. I mean, I, I guess I could be nitpicky about some things in terms of, you know, how they decided to, I guess, handle, if you can call it continuity, you know, handle some kind of, you know, continuity and, and, and how that sort of plays out. I mean, this, I don't know, to me, it's, it's, it's like the DBZ movies, you know, it's, it's kind of its own little thing. But, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to, maybe you can kind of fit it in between some of the, you know, the compilation movies somehow. Maybe, sort of, kind of. Like, maybe this goes between movie one and movie two. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it takes place after movie. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm sure there's things like, you know, Gohan peeing on Krillin's head where it wouldn't make sense no matter where you put it. But uh, I, I'm just curious about you guys. Like, what's your overall take? Like, you know, just kind of high level without going into too much spoilers, you know, like before we kind of go blow by blow or get into, you know, nitty gritty details or notes or things that we took or want to discuss or ask each other. Like, what what did you guys both think of this film? I I liked it. I think it it, it suffers a little maybe from like, like it's the same animation team and like some of the same creative staff who handled the origin. So it, it suffers from that sort of like origin, like amping up of things that were like fairly straightforward in the original material. So a little bit like that'll get into maybe later. But I mean, generally, like I like this. I think it it, it did kind of feel like an extended episode. But like, I mean, it, it you know, it's a better version of the actual episode. So like, I mean, and, yeah. you know, it has really beautiful animation and yeah, it has a lot of nice character moments and stuff. So like, I mean, on the whole, I pretty much enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm willing to say it addressed many of my concerns. You know, foremost, Amuro's not wearing his underwear, right? Like, so there's there's a lot of concerns we had about that previous episode, and I think they, I mean, I, I I'd say they addressed most of them. You know what I mean? So, but what about what about you, Justin? What were you, what were your kind of initial thoughts on the the feature film version of this? I fell asleep 
Was it was it that good? <laughs> it was that good that you fell asleep? Was it was it soothing and comforting? Like uh, is it was yeah. it like was it like mystical Pokemon animation where it just put you to sleep? Like was it wait, was it like you, you know what does that for me and I know Renaud's going to beat me up about this, but I, I always thought Harlock Saga had that effect on me. I'd put in Harlock Saga and there's no way I'm getting to episode 6. Like it's just it starts playing the flights of the Valkyrie and I snooze the fuck out but was it was it like that for you where you just kind of felt like you were tuning out and stuff yeah it, it wasn't as bad as mazinger z infinity oh that's what you felt I, like holy shit i'm no, sorry dude no i'm saying it's not that bad okay okay it, it wasn't that bad but like i fell asleep and i was like oh what oh man like so i like went backwards to where i was like thought i was and i'm like okay what did i miss okay they're on the island the kids are doing chores they're planting crops they're milking the goat the kids are being kids Morel, they don't like them and i felt like they stretched all that island stuff out like way too much unless you know unless there was like something happening like towards the end of the movie where the you know zeon actually got there i felt all that stuff was just like, oh, let's stretch it out. And I'm like, well, how much can you do? Like, oh, we can chase the goat around a couple of times. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it was cute at first, but I'm like, okay, something's going to fucking happen. Like, what I would have liked more of is more of that, like, you know, bright dealing with the military and stuff happening on white base or, or, or stuff happening behind the scenes preparing for Gibraltar and all that stuff. Like, I, I was into that stuff. I was like, ooh, kind of like, I want more of this and list of the island stuff. I know that sounds stupid because this is a remake of an episode set on an island with a bunch of kids and stuff, but it I didn't find all that very interesting in this movie. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That that's perfectly fine. I mean, to be perfectly fair, right? I mean, we went from what like three kids to uh mm-hmm. well, I I was going to say more kids than I can count, but I actually found a really nice page that had character models of all 20 20 (laughs) fucking kids all 20 of the kids right and there's actually an interview with the director and this might be interesting they say during an interview this is on um just to give a shout out this is on gundamkitscollection.com so so you know where it's coming from but basically they compiled or maybe even translated something from some kind of magazine or some such that had all these character designs of the 20 chi- 20 children during an interview director Yasuhiko commented about how he felt and how he thinks about his new project. Here are some of his words. I didn't talk about making a movie, but I asked for it. The 15th episode of the original Gundam TV series was surprisingly attractive, and I think that it has some rich backstory. It was unfortunate that it became underrated. I also happen to remember that I've always been fascinated by its story, so when the former president of Sunrise and the current president happened to be in the same place, I asked them to agree with me if I made a direct proposal for visualization. He also added that he was the only one who pushed to reveal not just a few, but 20, 20 younger characters, knowing that it may be annoying for the team to create, but then, poof, 20. 
Then he laughed. So I, I guess, yeah, I guess even he thought that maybe the, the character designers would, would think this is crazy, but they, they came up with the 20. It's funny because they, they have a, I mean, they have pretty decent breakdowns of all the characters. I mean, I don't know that they were, obviously, if Justin fell asleep, I don't know that they were that memorable. I mean, I think the main people, you know, not counting the three children in the original, and then um, I guess they, they label her Kara in this, but the, you know, the, the green-haired, uh, you know, mother den hen of of the, the kids and everything that's staying on the island, uh, that we had trouble with, you know, deciding what, what her name you know, the romanization of her name is, but here it's listed as Kara. And again, just looking at the character design, I mean, here, let me just, I, I know this is fascinating podcasting for everybody out there, but let me just link Mike and Justin to this so they can maybe look at what I'm looking at too, if they, if they want to have reference. But as far as, as Kara goes, like, in addition to, you know, addressing my concern about Amuro running around in his underwear for the whole fucking episode, right? He doesn't do that ever in this movie. And her hair is not like, you know, freaking, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not skittle fucking green. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... It's like they, they kind of tone that down. It, it In this case, I'd almost, like... See, remember when you said last time when we discussed this, like maybe it was some kind of, you know, like the printing process where, you know, Superman's hair is black, but, you know, they, they use the blues to kind of accentuate it. Like that's how those things are colored. And in this case, the dark, it's almost like dark gray or dark green or whatever it is. But like when I look at her design here, it's almost like it's a version of a... Uh, like someone who has black hair, but maybe the sun is shining on it or something like that. So it just has a, a, a slightly lighter tone, you know, type thing. But anyway, so I, I mean, at least for me, I, I think that addressed that she didn't have freaking, you know, clown hair or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm glad the description of Blanca on that page says the goat. Like, I wasn't sure which one it was. Well, that, that, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to totally date this, but did, did you, I mean, what, what's worse, Blanca or, or uh, fucking Ragna Ferrier and, you know, whatever the fuck they're called in uh, <laughs> It was in like, the I Thor was about movie. to say, I, I've had just about enough of goat humor this week. Like, too, you know, too, much, like we... too much goat humor. Too much, uh, too much uh, Ragnarok and, and rolling or whatever the hell was going on, you know, so. Cause, I mean, at least Blanca wasn't, like, screaming all the time, so. Like... Blanca was not screaming. Blanca beat the shit out of, like, everybody who was an Amaro, though, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. Right? Where's, I mean, where's your freaking judo skills now, Hyatt? I know. The, he, I guess judo doesn't apply to fucking goats, right? Like, that's, you know, that's pretty crazy so it's funny like when he was charging at them like hayato took that stance and i'm like oh finally hayato is gonna get a chance to shine he's gonna take this goat down with judo nope <laughs> like yeah. owns him like yeah the goat uh, the goat owns him i kind of i mean I, I guess is that is that partially i mean we can talk about this a little bit but is that partially what you're referring to as kind of the 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 gundam the origin kind of uh you know the over-the-top nature of some of those moments like that that's yeah, one but, of, that's one of those right 
Yeah, like uh, that that animation style, that director. I mean, they both like and even the origin itself as a manga. They tend to exaggerate people's mm-hmm. reactions mm-hmm. and emotions. Like even you know whatever. Like you you always talked about when we talked about the origin, how Dozel yes. seemed yes. really over the top. Well, like that dude who was like the new leader of the like yeah. that Zeon yep. Southern I, Cross team really reminded me of that too. I, I specifically had that as a note, and I took his name down. It's Ed, Egba Alter is the 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 new leader of of Doan's you know Zeon Squadron, and my note was exactly what you just said that Alter has that. Dozozabi from the origin vibe where when he gets mad it's this gigantic over the top like blah, 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 you know type thing where he just kind of makes a big giant show out of it or scene out of it and everything yeah well what i what i was saying earlier about like this amping stuff up like i don't like uh, I guess, like, did you read any of that, like, manga that ties into this about Doan? I, or... I, I haven't read the whole thing, but what I got out of what I perused when we discussed the TV episode, and it, it, it doesn't, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like to me that this connects, this film connects to that at all, because... I felt like Doan wasn't in the early chapters. It it was members of his unit, and you were seeing the story through there. You know, kind of like a, a you know a jubilee or a kitty pride. Like there was some new you know uh, ensign on the the group or whatever, and you were you were sort of seeing the whole squadron through his eyes or something like that. But like. I mean, I could be wrong because I haven't I haven't looked at it in a while and I only like perused like, you know, I think like the first chapter of it or whatever. But so so maybe these characters do show up later in that manga. But to be perfectly honest, like I, I don't I don't think they do like I'm, I kind of I kind of yeah, looked like... at because it's it's they, they say they say Junichi Ono's Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin MSD Kurakura Cruise Doan's Island manga it you know that launched in 2016 and ended in 2019 it's got five volumes and it seems like whatever characters appear in this are not the same characters yeah that appear like, in I, that. I've kind of quickly scanned through some chapters and I didn't I don't remember any of these guys like in it but maybe they do show up like I mean if it ran for three years maybe they do yeah show may, up. maybe they do uh, I mean I mean I have you know you you can sort of vibe out some of the backstory I mean I think the only I think the only characters that are truly important to Doan in this in this film version are gonna be the the person we already discussed like the the new the new leader of the team who clearly gets super irate anytime Doan's name is is brought up ever and then i think and you know and that's alter right but then the the only other person that seems to have a really strong connection to him is the the female trooper of the squadron and that's Selma Livens and she's like the kind of attractive blonde who almost i mean going back to maybe my criticism of the original TV episode like she almost parallels you know Ron Baral and um 
what's her name? I can't think of her name now. Rumble, Haman. H- Haman. Right. So Rambaral and Haman. Or like Haman. Haman. It, it's it's the same as Haman Karn, except there's an O in it instead oh, of an A. Okay. Right? That, that's why I was like hesitating because I was like, wait, Haman and Haman. Okay. So yeah, yeah Haman like like the same as Haman, right? Because they're they're both very you know uh, elegant, you know, almost statuesque, you know, blonde women, right? Like and and like. You can tell, I mean, I don't know, my, my vibe on it was that her and Doan had this, you know, intense, you know, romantic relationship. And the thing that came between them is when when they started killing the parents of these kids' family. And, and, and it also kind of, you, you know what, like, maybe maybe this is why I think the film works slightly better than the TV. The, the TV episode, there's three kids and, and Kara, right? And you think to yourself, he's got these nightmares, like, clearly he's responsible, and then he, 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 he accepts responsibility for his mistake, right? Like, he's going to take care of these kids because he killed their parents, right? And that's heavy, but it's kind of straightforward. But... In this case, it's like 20 fucking kids. So, like, you get the, I don't know, you get the vibe, like, they they eased up on his origin a little bit. Like, that, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe you guys can chime in and tell me if you think I'm wrong. But, I mean, I'm like, he couldn't have killed the parents of all those fucking kids. Like, I feel like his unit did that in a, you know, it's like Alter did that. And they probably had some other crazy fucking guys on the unit, just like the guy that just joins the unit, right? And 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 um, you know, Selma Livens, right? And I, I'm, you know, in my head, the backstory I made up was like they were a thing, and she killed some of the parents of these kids, and he couldn't he couldn't live with that. Do you know what I mean? But she could, so they that 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 made a wedge in there relationship right he couldn't he couldn't continue banging her anymore and being with her because he knew she was okay with it but he deep down he was not okay with it you know and and that's that's kind of what i i don't know insinuated from it and and i i also think it kind of it kind of eases up on his responsibility for it's like he might have killed or he might have given the order or he might have you know i i don't know what exactly but I feel like it's not like he went, you know, you know, execution style up to like all 20 of these kids parents and put a bullet in the back of their heads. It's like I think I think there's some some gray area in that now where I think it was maybe a little more definitive even though I thought it was kind of vague in the TV episode, but I I think the TV episode is more definitive than than this or or this is definitive in the sense that like no he didn't kill all the children's parents but i don't know maybe you guys disagree with me or maybe you you have a different interpretation of the backstory that was kind of my reading of it too that there was some sort of past relationship between them but and hold on to your butts i know this is a radical idea but what if instead of just that implication of that what if they actually showed it and deleted some of that shit with the kids i mean it's not like their hands are tied or anything. It's like, oh well, we can't show any tragic past. Like we got to get more shit with these kids and this freaking golden here. Like I don't understand that decision. That, yeah, 
No, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I was because, like, like I said, that's why I was wondering about the manga because I was like, do what does his squad get like backstories or something in the manga? Like, are we supposed to know who these guys are other than they're like badass and shit? And like, yeah, like, and I mean, he kills her without hesitation, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. it looks like he has regret, a bit of a regret about it, but he doesn't hesitate in killing her. Right, so, right. I mean, like, but I don't know. I feel like, like I said, like, everything is kind of amped up to a certain degree. Like, in the, the episode, like, I never got the impression from the episode that Doan was anyone, like, special, I guess. Like, yeah. he was just some dumb slob who, like, just couldn't take the killing anymore, and he, like, quit. Like, and then and, and he took his Zaku and he walked away. But in this, it's kind of like he's the, like, you know, he's their former leader. He, he like, he's even, like, you know, entrusted with this, like, secret Zeon mission. That one dude with the lizard tattoo on his face, like, joins up just to fight him, where he's like, oh, man, like, I heard Doan's, like as strong as like Shar the red comet. Like, I want to see this guy, like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, well, he didn't really strike me as like that special in the episode. Like if anything, I always assumed that he got so good with his Zaku, like hand to hand fighting because he had to, because it, it was like, he was so in such a desperate situation and he had no supplies and shit that he had nothing to do, but you know, throw, throw rocks with his Zaku basically. So, I mean, that's why, but in this, it's like, you know, they give him like they let him keep his little heat hawk axe or whatever. And like he's so badass and his like cra crappy ass Zaku that like he can take on all five members of his own his old unit or well, at least three members of his old unit and, you know, kill them all like without hesitating. But so, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I, I have a couple things about what you guys said. So do you think that. I mean, I, I kind of see what you guys are saying. Like, like, wouldn't it be interesting to actually, you know, show and not tell, right? Or or show and not insinuate, you know, the relationship, the, the, the past, like maybe even have, you know, Doan have some bad dreams and, and flashbacks and things like that. And the reason why I bring that up is it seems like for some reason they do that with Amaro. And I feel like that's like a marketability thing so they can say like oh char is in this movie yes because 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 i mean basically that's that's all it is right well i mean some of it i think is to i i hesitate to say get the audience up to speed but like it, it, it almost is like last time on gundam you know amuro's mom told him he was a duty head for killing people and and tem ray is super over the top and crazy but i think he's like that in the series anyway so it kind of works for this you know what i mean and then and then you know they go into the, the you know the 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 obligatory like we we need to sell mcdonald's cheeseburgers that are weird colors in japan so here's a shot of char you know like like you know, selling the French fries or whatever the fuck he's doing, right? And 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 then and then mistaking he... that mistaking that triple Big Mac for Amaro because it's yeah, so awesome. yeah yeah it's like only like only it's the new type flash from the triple Big Mac or whatever <laughs> only new types can stomach this shit like it's like what <laughs> um but um sorry I love that commercial like ever yeah. since I've seen it I, I I've watched it multiple times with them like that's so awesome like it's like like he gets the literal new type flash 
Flash, and he's like, and he's like, Homero, like, and he's like, no, it's like this triple cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cheeseburgers are new types. Oh man! All right, yeah. So, so I mean, I don't know. What do you? What do you? I mean, uh, it sounds like Justin agrees with, with me that it, yes, it's just they, kind of a marketing tool, right? They they knew that if they put a shot of Char or Char Zaku in the trailer, fans, whether in the United States, Japan wherever they'd be like oh, Char's in this like how are they going to explain it uh well it's just a it's just a dream hallucination flashback thing it, it's not even Char's not in this movie bro and I'm just like what I mean I, I okay. also kind of think that that you know having even having not read a lot of the Doan manga right like I feel like there is a little aspect of this that's like you know the, the whole you know extended universe thing where it certain things get swept under the rug and they sort of tried to sweep the manga under the rug because they wanted to do their own thing with this film, right? But it's kind of interesting, too, because you're like, well, do they do their own? You know, like, like I guess, like, they, they have their own squad that he goes after that they're they're having him, like Mike kind of said, pick off, you know, one by one at the end of the film and as antagonists for, you know, Amaro and stuff like that, so... I mean, there's that aspect to it, but I mean, outside of that, like, you know, I don't know. It just, it, you know, it, it does seem like one of those things where whoever, you know, was in charge just, and and it's weird because if the guy who directed this directed the origin anime, and it seems like that manga was supposed to somehow tie into the origin, that there'd be some kind of synchronicity with it, but it, it really does seem like they just, they don't care about that shit and they're just doing their own thing. Maybe, like I said, maybe people who, you know, in Japan have more knowledge of that if they read that manga or something and yeah, we, yeah. they were already expected to know those characters. But, and I mean, it's not like they don't introduce them at all. I mean, they have that whole battle scene where it's like, hey, look at these guys. These guys are the antagonists of this movie. Like, they're awesome. Like, look how cool they are. And, I mean, even that, it's kind of like a little overdone where you're like, where the fuck were these guys? Like, you know, and like during the one year war, like we never saw them, like except right here. So, well, I mean, and and then I guess my second point to what you guys were talking about before, which is, you know, Doan's prowess. Doan is considered for sure is considered a ace pilot in in this film you know whether you know like your interpretation of the tv episode is like maybe he wasn't a, an ace but you know like you said he he just got really good at hand-to-hand -hand combat because he had to right like and and he you know may, maybe on the island he became an ace at on you know you know unweaponed mobile suit combat or some such right or, or combat with rocks or whatever the joke is right but in in this case, like he's clearly like they they try to put him on par with Char, you know, and and all this kind of stuff, and like th there is that weird catch twenty two, right? Because because to me, I mean, it, it, again, it comes back to where you think this takes place in the in the continuity. It's like you you know, Bright just got promoted. You know, they're about to do the Jabiro stuff, right? So I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of of whereabouts this this supposedly takes place. And I mean, it, it, it's weird because they, they have to reference the previous episodes like the TV episode did, but then that kind of places it in the same place where we're watching the TV episode. 
And then the Catch-22 to me is a couple things, but one of them is, like, it opens with those two GMs on the island and and him making short work of them with his heat hawk and all this other stuff. And I'm kind of like, should there be GMs? And then you're like, but then you're, you're like, Slager's on the white base slagger's got his own ace gm yeah so so it's like it's like they just you know i don't know it's it's always that weird thing to me you know the thunderbolt thing or whatever where it's like oh yeah there were tons of gundams and i'm just kind of like really like like i i know it got to a point not not only that but like they have a second gun cannon for like joe to like ride and in they had the core boosters too or like weren't until they got to space so And then, and then the Makuve sequences, like, confu- I mean, to me, like, I, I don't think, I, I think I knew about Slager, but I don't think I knew about Makuve until I watched the movie. And I feel like that also is just as uh, continuity confusing or egregious as Slager being on the white base, where you're like, oh, well, wait, they're like, they're, they're already, I mean, it's not like, you know, anything necessarily is contradicted it's not like amuro and the white base meet makuve before they're supposed to but i i still kind of am like well damn he's he's here now doing thing like i don't know it's just like th- those it's, those things are kind of it's and i haven't read the origin manga in a long time but it's possible that it it rearranged things so like events happened in a different order and that's what they're going by considering you know the origin stylings of this but yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like maybe maybe they think they're treating the origin manga as the actual like canon version of events. Got it, got it. So and that's why stuff is a like I and I I haven't I've read the origin manga, but I haven't read it in years, so I, I could be I you know, I can't remember exactly like I as far as I remember it, it told the story the same story the T V show tells with just a few embellishments and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what what I've read of it. That's kind of my memory of it. But I mean, I I think you've read a lot more of it than I have because I think I was only reading those. I don't I don't know what you call them, but like pamphlets or whatever, not the little hardcovers that have been coming out and stuff like that. Like you, you know what I was going to ask you was, am I am I remembering this wrong? Like, is is Bright wearing a blue uniform an origin thing? Oh uh, yeah, they okay. they ret- I think they retconned it or it, I don't know. It's kind of like a Star Trek thing where they're like, oh, we had him in the wrong like the TV show has him in the wrong colors or something for a captain or you know something or maybe you know he's promote when he's promoted okay. he gets like the blue uniform yeah okay. so okay but yeah and I, I I'm not like the continuity like I guess I didn't think about it like I at first I was like hey wait a minute like that doesn't make sense but then when I realized oh maybe they're just following like origin continuity instead maybe like some of the continuity snarls made a little more sense to me i guess or like like uh, that was the explanation can you extrapolate why that would make more sense to you then i just because like i like i vaguely remember oh maybe the origin kind of like rearranged events to happen in a certain way like like I, in a, I I don't remember exactly what that way was, okay. but maybe okay. that's like that was uh, I was like that was uh, that must be it. Like basically in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that that's why. Okay. I just I just find it odd that like you know and and to to it, it, it's that thing of the the to to establish the the danger the the dominance of of say 
Doan's old Zaku team or whatever, they have to take out a bunch of GMs, you know, and, and Doan has to take out a bunch of GMs. And you're just like, man, those are, you know, like that, that, that's a lot of GMs, right? Like that are in existence, yeah, yeah. right? Like the, they the, even, like they, they wreck up Kai and Hayato's gun cannons too. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you need those, dude. Like they, yeah. they, you need them for the rest of the series. Like, you know, so. What do you guys think? about bright being i don't know if this is the right word or not but bright having regret or being guilt-ridden over the bright slab like does that does that track for you guys like what i i just thought i'd ask because i don't i don't exactly know how i feel about it it's like i i i guess if if i wanted to be really i don't know mercenary about it i i'd also say the bright slap is a, including that as a flashback is a, a, a way to make this more marketable. Like that, it's part of the cheeseburgers and the shars and the. It's like, oh, that's a meme, and everyone on the internet knows that meme. So we got to put the meme in in the the this this new film because all new films have to be meme worthy, and 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 we need to have new animation of the meme or whatever it is right but then like it, it it's like some of that is the driving force for bright to to sort of fib about you know the engines and and saying oh we're gonna you know we're gonna wait on and save amuro even though this kind of jerk-faced you know uh, uh, elite officer is trying to get them to just go to Jaburo without Amuro, which doesn't make any sense anyway, because it's like, dude, has the Gundam, come on. Like, you'd think somebody would be interested in, like, even if they didn't give a rat's fuck about Amuro, like, you'd think there'd be some priority to, like, well, even if Amuro's running around in his underwear, which he's not in this, but if he was, like, the, the, who cares about him? Let's let's get the prototype Gundam back, right? Like, that that, that you'd think that would be something of importance to them but i i don't know i i i guess i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure how i you know i mean i i don't know i i guess i get that that motivates him to some degree like that that he's like oh but i i mean i i always thought the point was they the reason why that was done and the reason why he was so hard on amuro was because he didn't want him to die but now he's like regretting doing like like it, it, i don't know to me it almost should be like you should be like fuck yeah i'm glad i did that because now he's in the middle of this life or death situation without me and without his crew so hopefully that you know that toughened him up or snapped him out of whatever fucking you know selfish fucking routine he was in that he can you know he can move you know do the right thing or whatever and come back to us alive or so i don't know it, I'm just kind of curious what, what your guys' take on that was. At the beginning of the film, when Bright questions, was that too hard on them? You know, when he's, like, going over the assignment and he's not taking any lip from anyone. He's like, this is the assignment. You're going to go do it. You're going to the island. That's it. In the discussion. I appreciate him asking, was that too hard on them in that situation? But him kind of, like, going back and doubting the bright slap i don't know i'm kind of like you like i don't know that that rings true to the bright that i know from like the series and from some of the other shows and i mean i i i guess what what you're saying is a good point too like him 
confiding in Mirai is one thing, right? Because yeah. he's only mm -hmm. he's only appearing as a non-captain to someone who he'll eventually like marry and 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 be very you know much more open to, right? So that mm -hmm. that sort of tracks, right? Because you're like, oh, he's into her. They eventually have a kid, and you know, like like all that kind of and and it's not it's not as much of a a violation for a captain to like show his vulnerable side to like you know it's it's like um you know i don't know archer and uh hoshi in the mirror you, you know it's like okay you you got the captain's woman right like there, there's the one woman who who gets to see the captain at his most vulnerable right because they bang all the time and there there's this intimacy between them right and he can he can voice these uh vulnerabilities or concerns to the the cap his woman right but he, it's not like he's going to do that in front of the entire crew and and that tracks but i i i just there, there was something about that where i'm just like i don't i don't know that that works for me uh, you know quite like uh, other than you know ooh they did the thing and i need to clap at the thing you know like I think I don't know like I didn't really take that as he was regretting the bright slap like I think he was just like they were in a situation where Amaro was possibly like lost or dead or something and he was just thinking like you know he he thinks like oh maybe it would have been better if he had just deserted or something like I don't know maybe I I feel like he was just maybe like but, guilty but to that... me that that's regret right because because he's like why didn't Amaro just run away and then I wouldn't feel guilty about losing a crew member, like under my yeah. command, right? But but him slapping him and toughening him up, like in other words, that was designed to say you you got to get with the program, right? Like I don't know. To to me, like if he didn't care, right, he wouldn't have bright slapped him, and he would have let him desert and possibly get court-martialed or shot or whatever happens to somebody who deserts the fucking white base. And he wouldn't care. He wouldn't even think about it. But I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how to exactly take that. I did like that whole thing where, you know, when Slegger comes back on the bridge after he's like gone drinking or whatever. And, you know, he's like, hey, what's going on, guys? And then Mirai has to go over and like whisper to him, like, what's been happening? And then Bright kind of, you know, you get the impression like, a, you know, we, Slegger. I mean, we're not going to talk about Slegger for a long time on the actual like, you know, Mobile Suit Mondays like episodes because, you know, he won't show up for a while. But. Like, I always thought it was kind of fascinating, like, the, him and Bright's kind of relationship, because, you know, obviously, like, Bright has a thing for Mirai, Mirai kind of has a thing for Slegger, and Slegger probably couldn't, like, you know, Slegger thinks Mirai's, you know, cute or whatever, but he probably doesn't, like, give a shit or whatever, right, right. and, but, like, I thought it was interesting that he's, like, you know, he just says, you know, he's annoyed with Slegger's behavior, but then he's, like, you know, Lieutenant, like, would you please go, like, pick up Amaro, and, like, Slugger kind of like this. That's like a loaded request almost where it's like what he's not saying is like, could you please like recover Amaro's body possibly like if he's dead, like sort of like I feel like and that's and because Sl Slugger like, you know, shuts up and takes it seriously. Like so like, I, I don't know. I thought that was like a like a scene with a, you know, underlying tone to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the difference between, like, 
the veneer of over the top that Slager as a character has in the entire franchise and and the way they can use a moment to turn that on a dime and and make him for lack of a better word sober up for the the seriousness or the gravity of the situation you know whereas like some some stuff i guess like like what you're talking about where you know egba alter is just losing his crap or the the guy with the tattoo is just like this you know almost insane Cletus Cassidy fanboy of Doan where he's like, Oh my god, I'm getting murdered by Doan. Isn't this great? You know, and you're just kinda like, dude, what is wrong with you, bro? Like, like, what is wrong? And then yeah, I like the whole like slegger uh, like, you know, recruits Kai and Hayato and whatever to like, hey, you guys wanna like get court martialed? Like, come on, like let's go. And then, you know, he goes to see Sayla for a ride and that that's a great scene where he's like, yeah, I'd like yeah. to ride you and she's right, like right, right. You no, know, she slaps him, like, you know. Yeah, it's too well, it's too bad because like like I said, like in the series, like Slegger doesn't get introduced till later and you don't get a whole lot of time with him and he's it's kinda like almost like he's like almost the Roy Fokker of yeah. the White yeah. Face, but like he doesn't get introduced until much, much later, like and, like, I guess, like, Ryu was kind of filling that role up until he died, and then, yeah. You guys, I mean, I, I, I was kind of leaning towards this in the beginning, but other than Kara, I think of the 20 children, the only other one that's probably worth talking about in this feature film adaptation is going to be Marcos. And, and he is... Presumably, this is all my interpretation, but, uh, you know, presumably he is contemporary with Kara and Amaro. He's he's probably uh, uh, an older teenager, you know, 16, 17, something like that. And and it's like he was outside of, you know, Doan, the, the alpha kid of these 20 kids, right? Like... The, the alpha male kid of these 20 kids. And when Amuro comes up on the scene, you know, he's, he's, uh, there, there's a little bit of rivalry, jealousy, like whatever. And, and they have an interesting dynamic because, you know, the first they're, you know, they're, they're kind of along with all the other children, obviously that don't trust Amuro because he's a Federation soldier, you know, that their rivalry is pretty strong at first, but, he comes to know Amaro and, and there's, you know, it, it's interesting. They, they, they get into physical altercations, you know, and then Doan yells at them to stop and all this other kind of stuff. And, but then there's situations where, you know, Amaro helps Marcos, you know, climb up the hill and, and Amaro does certain things that Marcos is not capable of, whether it's, you know, uh, repairing the, the lighthouse or, you know, uh, being able to sort of, I don't know, spelunk into those, you know, smaller crevices, you know, to, to, to find out what's going on with the running water, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, it, it sort of, I mean, ultimately where it ends is by the, by the time it ends, I mean, I, I guess Marcos's big thing is he, he thinks or wants to somehow be a mobile suit pilot because he admires Doan just like all the other kids. But since he's a little older, he, he, I, I, that's a little more of a, 
a real, you know, it'd be, it'd be different if it was like one of the three-year-old kids who's like wiping the snot off his nose. It's like, well, no, dude, it's going to be another, you know, at least uh, another, you know, 12 or 13 years before you can pilot a mobile suit. Whereas Marcos, I mean, he could probably pilot a mobile suit now. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that, that's a little stronger of a possibility. And I guess when he sees Amaro in the Gundam and, and, you know, there, there's this kind of, you know, newfound respect for Amaro and, and, and they, they sort of, by the end of it, yeah, there was a rivalry, but it, 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 it turns into something a little different where may, maybe some of that admiration he had for Doan has, has moved on to Amaro in, in some sense. But I, I guess, is there any kind of, I don't know, insight or, or, or input that you guys have on Marcos? Like, do you, do you think it was a, 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 you know, maybe Justin still thinks that was a waste of time and he'd rather see, you know, more of the backstory with with uh, Doan's former teammates or, or, or some other thing. But I, I, I'm just curious because that, that did seem to play a major role in this retelling that, that was part of its, I guess, uh extension i guess for lack of a better word oh i kind of thought maybe marcos like was somehow working for zeon at first like or something because like when he ran off and like you know jumped under the water and stuff like i was like wait a minute is, is he like some kind of weird zeon spy or something because like, like i i didn't like caught into the fact that Doan was like still like sort of working for them like until like you know Marcos like caught up with them in that little bunker underground and I was kind of like wait is Marcos a spy or something until like he saw Doan was actually there so I mean that's what I really thought of him and then yeah I, I was kind of like oh this they, you know I kind of pegged his character when he started like scoffing at everything Amaro did I was like oh this this kid's gonna be you know the the troublemaker and he's gonna you know maybe i thought maybe he might die or something or he might be like you know the eskimo kid from that episode of x-men you know with the cold vengeance mm. in in the arctic or whatever he was gonna sell the kids out to zeon or something oh, okay but no yeah but yeah that's what i mean but well it's funny like you keep saying like the 20 kids it's like you know it's like transformers armada it's like you need rad alexis and carlos but then, like, you know, they in the TV show, they bring Billy and Fred along, too, like, into space and shit. And I was like, do you really need Billy and Fred? Like, no. So it's like, aside from Kara and Marcos, like, all those other kids are Billy and Fred, basically. Like, you know, it's like maybe one other kid you need, and that's about it. But Well, I mean, I mean, but th think of think of the 20, the 20 children as a representation of Doan's, you talked about how you thought Doan was just a dude, right? Who got really good with a Zaku without weapons, but now he's an ace pilot. And I kind of feel like the 20 children are, are part of his, it's like they're literally part of his visual fan aura. Like, like not only is he an ace pilot with a fucking heat Hawk that can take on five Zakus, but he's raising 25, fucking children like 20 children <laughs> like and and the added to me the added fan aura of he's he can't be responsible for killing all those children's parents so that again it goes back to kind of what i was thinking is that to some somehow that 
that sugarcoats his backstory. You know, it, it, it's kind of like the different. It, it'd be like you know if they somehow retconned you know Venom's origin, where it's like, oh, every time he you know murdered a quote unquote innocent fighting Spider Man, if it just turned out like no, uh, Venom just like adopted all those innocents, and and they didn't really die. They went to you know I don't know venom land and they're fine and like i i don't know just you know it, it just seems like like there's some aspect where it it kind of whitewashes you know his his bloody backstory i guess you know and and since it was so vague in the original it, 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 it i don't know it seems like they didn't they didn't take an opportunity to solidify it in fact they they sort of made it more muddy to me, which, in an odd sort of way, makes him less of a bastard. I guess if that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like like that 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 he's not. I mean I I don't know. Like it it just it just seems like they they lightened. You know that th they went way light on his a, a a backstory that should by all accounts be horribly dark. Right. Like I I don't know. I mean, they, they didn't exactly give me what I wanted, but at least the uh, Kika Letts and Cats did engage with the 20 little shit children or whatever at the, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, at the, at the end of it. What, the other thing I was thinking, though, like towards the climax, because it's like they're, they're, you know, Dwan, like you said, he's, he's fighting off like at least three of those guys in the little, you know. I don't know what you want to call it, the little uh, enclosure, you know, the little mountain enclosure or crater or whatever it is, right? And I, I was struggling, like, I, I get it, like, the White Base crew shows up, and then they're, they're every, you know, the kids in the White Base are all, to, you know, Doan's kids, and the, I feel like it's, like, Bebe's kids, but it's, like, Doan's kids, or whatever, but, like, Doan's kids and and the White Base crew are, like, together, and some of them are getting piggyback rides and all this other stuff, but I sort of found it weird, like, why are you bringing them to the battle? Like, I, I felt like that couldn't end well, and then it did. Like, does, does that make sense? Like, it's Gundam, and I was just kind of like, why are you why are you bringing them to a battle? Like they could get killed just watching. Do you know what I mean? Like, like what, what, what if, um, Alter like was just like, Oh, you know, I accidentally threw my ax or, or look, the kids are watching you. And he tosses his ax at the kids. Or I don't know. Like, you know, like that's the, those were some of the things that was going through my head as I was watching it. Whereas like, that can't be a good idea. And then the worst thing that happened was the goat owned like all the, the Gundam characters we actually know instead of the 20 kids or whatever. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, the way they shot it, I guess, you know, they were in that big crater fighting, but I was like, yeah, man, like a stray shot or something could yeah. have really yeah, exactly. done some damage, yeah, but I, I guess they were just lucky it didn't happen that way. <laughs> it's like Dewan's fan aura uh, extends to 
Gowan's kids or whatever, you know. What what did you guys think of the bit where, um, the, you know, Amaro can't let that guy get away, so he just has the gun good to on him, like yeah. good, <laughs> like yeah, squish that like, fuck. Well, well no, yeah, no, think like, think think about it though. Like like I I mean I I know I know I'm a jerk and and I'm always like kill those fucking people or whatever. But like I think the choice is like, do you want those twenty kids to get squished or do you want that dude to get squished? Because it's one or the other. Right. Like, yeah. like, so I, I, I think that's the I mean, that's the ultimate takeaway that I mean, I don't know. That's the ultimate takeaway that I would take away from it. And and I'm not saying that you should take that away from it, but that's how I th- that was my take from it was yeah, if, if like, he didn't if he didn't literally squish or squash like it, all these people that are attacking then, then that would lead to the death of these kids, which he, he, I mean, uh, ostensibly, like there, there was this kind of, you know, gentleman's agreement. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back in the Gundam, but that means I'm gonna fight with you to, to save these kids, just like, like Doan would, would, would fight for those kids, right? And they, they sort of, they, they had that exchange as, as men, right? That that's, that was what they were doing, right? And so, that's, you know. That's that's part of that. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't relish it, you know. Like that that that's my thing about it is like like if if you're fucking Cletus Cassidy, then yeah, you're a douchebag, right? Because because you get off on killing people, right? But it's not like it's not like it, it, you know it's a difference between the characters that like if you if you horribly hideously cackle after you fucking do that to somebody, that's one thing. But you know, Amaro's kind of like squeamish about it and kind of like I don't. You know, it's like I would rather not do this, but I have no choice, right? And and to me, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, like I I sort of get that, you know, I've I, I think I've always gotten that, so I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking it's like <laughs> he was like, oh wait a minute, like he has to like scrape the Gundam's foot like off on something, like like oh gross, like. <laughs> Or it's like, you know, like the gun, like the kids, like he, when he brings the Gundam to the fight, the kids are like, why is there a big, like, blotch of strawberry jam on the bottom of the Gundam's foot? Like, you know, say was like, yeah, that's what it is. Strawberry jam. Yep. Yay. Yummy. <laughs> uh, don't eat. Don't eat that kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, don't lick that. Yeah. Oh, oh God. No, I, I thought that, like, I just thought I was kind of. I guess I was kind of shocked at the brutality of it, like in the moment. But I, I, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, Amaro's at this point. You know, he knows the score and he knows what he has to, what's expected of him and what he has to do. And you know, he's a pretty, you know, Amaro. You, you forget like how much, how capable I guess Amaro is, especially like later on in the series where he, you know, he does, he make he can make these decisions on his own and he knows what you know has to be done. So. Were you were you asleep by this point, Justin? No, I saw the guy get squished. I was kind of like you. I was like, "Yay, yay!" <laughs> You're like, "Do something," and he did something. See, at well, this I, part, at this part where they're like in the base and there's stuff going on, like I was fully awake and invested. I just thought like a lot of the stuff in the middle really, you know, took its toll and put me to sleep. And even then, when I backed up, I was like, "Oh, nothing's happening." <laughs> You know, you, you know what would have made this movie a million times better? More Frau Bo. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh-huh. She didn't do a whole lot aside from, like, well, cried, like, she cried. 
uh-huh she cried and like like derek said like it was why are you bringing kika let's and cats on this this mission like this is this yeah. can be really dangerous like yeah there was no frau bow in a bikini yeah that's too bad that's like yeah that, i would have been like man this 10 stars yeah 10 stars bad. 11 I, stars i kind of thought this was going to have like a downer ending completely different from the show like i kind of thought when they were doing stuff with all the kids and they were like hanging out i was like Oh, like Doan's gonna get killed somehow. He's gonna he's gonna say he's gonna sacrifice himself to stop the missile or something. And then, you know, because the white base is always taking on like refugees and old people who complain, like they'll just take on those kids and drop them off somewhere else. That's yeah. what I that's how I thought the movie was. Or just add to like add another twenty kids to the civilian compliment <laughs> yeah. that we'll never see again. Like like they never run out of complainy old people, even though they dropped a bunch of people off or char shot some of them. Like, oh my God, they shot a char shot a bunch of old people. Like we got more. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Like, I I kind of thought like you know well they they pretty much kept the same ending from the episode where it's mm -hmm. like Amaro's like I know the solution to this <laughs> and throws the Zaku into the ocean like I'm like I don't know what kind of solution that is but that's an, like, that's an anime solution pick up your problem and throw it either into the ocean or to the sun it's like a Godzilla like <laughs> solution yeah uh huh whoop and I kind of he didn't really throw but like a few tiny rocks like I wanted him to throw like the giant rock yeah, uh-huh. Like, I was like, as soon as he lost his arm, I was like, he can't throw the giant rock now. Like, what the hell? Yeah, right. You Why would you do throw, that? He could only throw the pebbles. How is he going to beat Karayamato with only the tiny <laughs> pebbles? He has to throw the big rock. It was a big rock. It was a big rock. But yeah, I thought... Uh, well, sometimes it's like, you know, like for Universal Century, especially like one year war stuff, I'm kind of weirded out when like the mobile suits are super like mobile and like, you know, doing like, you know, weird Spider-Man leaps and stuff mm. like and like, you know, but but I, I guess, you know, it's it, the origin has always been kind of over the top like that. So, like, I guess it, it was to be expected, but. But yeah, no, I thought the mecha fighting was kind of cool. Like, you know, the... yeah, I mean, I I can't fault the animation or any of the battles or anything. Like, all of that looked great, especially like the opening with the GM. I was like, oh, this looks really nice. It's just kids putting to sleep. Yeah, like I said, you know, like it's like, do we really need twenty kids? Like, like they're all Billy and Fred. What if they were all Billy and Fred's? <laughs> like. Dawn, 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 dawn. Like if if you had like add like two new kids, that way you've got like five kids, and then you just focus on Kara a little bit more, and the other ones can you know the other ones can run around the island and do chores, and you can still include the goat. I don't mind the goat at all, but just you know, I that was a necessary. The goat was totally necessary to kick Hayato's ass. <laughs> uh, Hayato is basically like the Krillin of like, <laughs> Gundam. Like he's the short little guy. He's got he will like I mean he initially has like a sort of uh, rivalry with the main character. He gets the hot chick. Yeah, he gets the hot chick in the end. And then I got I got so sick of him though in um, 
Dynasty Warriors Gundam 3 because he would always have his little catchphrase about his Judo Master. And I'm like, yeah. dude, shut up about your Judo Master. I'm tired <laughs> of hearing this voice clip. Uh, yeah, and Judo he often, Master says, blah, blah, blah. He often gets his butt kicked in movies <laughs> like like Krillin does, yeah. Yeah. What if what if he showed up in the next movie and he was dressed like Char? You know, like Krillin would dress up like Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> Hayato, what's up? Like, like the kids are putting on some kind of like play. It's like Frau Bo's idea to keep them occupied or something. And the kids are like reenacting their adventures. And then it's like, and here comes Char, and it's Hayato dressed up as Char. I guess, like, in this analogy, if Fraubo was, like, Android 18, it'd be like if Android 18 wanted to secretly, like, hook up with Goku or something, like, instead, <laughs> like, so. Like, that's, like, I feel, I think I said it when we talked, like, last time about Gundam, but, like, uh, one of the last times, but, like, I read all this, like, supplemental material that, like, you know, uh, um uh tamino wrote about like the characters and stuff and he's all like uh, like oh like you know frau just married hayato because like she was raising the kids and she you know she knew he wouldn't like run out on her or whatever so it was just like a marriage of convenience or something it even though Hay hayato really did have the hots for her like so mm. but and then, uh, like in when it gets to like Zeta era, it's like Amaro's like, oh man, I should have hooked up with the Frabo <laughs> when I had the chance. And then he's all mad because she has all kids and stuff now. I mean, that stuff happens in real life, so I can. On the one hand, you don't want characters to do that kind of thing, but on the other hand, it's like I know people who've been there and had those regrets and made marriages of convenience. So you're like, well, okay, I can, I can see that. Yeah. And then Hayato goes off and dies and doubles Ada. But not not Kai. Kai gets to be cool reporter secret agent guy all the way up until unicorn like era. Kai how did Kai get to be a journalist with his shitty grammar? <laughs> like Quattro is a char. Like <laughs> Hayato's like, Good God, Kai, did you proofread this or not? Like Yeah. I don't, I don't even think, man, if I'm remembering correctly, like in the show, they don't even have two gun cannons. I think that's only in the movie. Like they, they get the they have to use the gun tank in the final battle or something. Well, I thought that was weird, too, because I was like, would you know, don't you guys need this for like the end of the series? Like it's it, you got one, it's got its legs cut off or whatever. And the other one got blown up. Mostly I was like, kind of need these for later, but. Yeah, and they were they replaced like all the G armor stuff with the core boosters in the movies. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Although I kind of have a fondness for the G armor, even though it's super like toyetic. Yeah, toyetic and shit. Yeah. In fact, I always thought it was funny that uh, in that like scene of the battle of like Abawaku and uh, Thunderbolt. Like they show the G armor like flying around with like combined with some GMs and stuff and it gets like all wrecked up and shit. Like, you know, I'm like Thunderbolt's like the grittiest, most serious Gundam series. And they had the G armor like flying around in that battle. It was always, I don't know, like even on the show, it like like part like I like I almost did you ever see like the, the MSIA like version of it like in stores back when like Gundam had toys and on American shelves I can't remember seeing that no like I'm pretty sure it had a like box like not a you know a single carded figure but it had a like you know box toy on the shelves because I got like um 
if Tony there, was here, he would know. Yeah, there was there was some like Xeon set where it had like the tank and the uh, what is it, the Dop like fighter, and then like mm-hmm. a Zaku and stuff. Like, it's, and I I had that, and then um the uh the Goof Custom from 08MS team came with like a it was in a box, and he came with that and a one of those like ships he rides on and like I, I don't know some accessories so. Those were the days, the early 2000s, where you could buy a bunch of Gundam shit and like Walmart and stuff. Yeah, those are the good old days. Oh, they, I think once they hit those like battle damaged figures, it was like kind of like going on clearance all the time. Like no one wanted those battle damaged figures. Yeah. Although I did buy like I think a battle damaged RX 78 or something. I don't think I bought any of those. They were actually, like, pretty good. Like, they were still, like, super articulated and stuff, but they had, like, all those, you know, they were they had the, like, charred and scarred up, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, like, decos, and then they had, like, swap-out parts for, like, cut-off limbs and stuff. I guess that's the kind of thing that's better for kids, you know, because, like, I was rough on my toys. Like, I, I set toys on fire, and then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I've ruined my toy. But it's like... There you've got the option to let's like you can have a perfect RX seventy eight or wherever, and then you can just get a battle damaged one and you know pretend you know. Yeah, you can pretend you wrecked it. Yep, without actually having to destroy your eight dollar toy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I pretty much said what I wanted to say about the movie. I enjoyed it, but I also like you know. It, it it suffered from like you know the origin kind of amped up syndrome where it was a little more like involved than like you know it, it it had been pitched as I guess and I agree with Justin that like you know the kids stuff was a little much in places but like I for the most part I enjoyed it like I think other maybe, than other than Octomom I think everybody agrees with you that twenty kids are too much right I mean I I don't want to be like too harsh especially you know with me falling asleep during it like i i didn't hate it or anything i just uh, so, certain aspects of it aside from the kids like never mind the kids stuff like i just found certain aspects a little frustrating it's like you've got your hands are not tied like you can show right more of these relationships instead of having the audience infer or read into them like i would have really liked just like a like in the middle Delete some of that kid stuff, like put in the middle, like an extended sequence of what happened with Dewan and his squad, like just a 10 minute sequence or, or whatever. So you can show what went down. You can show some of the more, you know, trappings and failings of his relationships with some of those team members, like before, before they go into battle and during the battle and the fallout from that. Like, I think that would have added way more to the movie than wacky little kids like planting crops and doing whatever they're doing but like i mean i didn't hate it i i think the animation is great especially during the battles like all that's fine it's just i kind of like have frustrations with some of the storytelling is all no i i think that's fair i mean that that what you describe may have even added more weight to the final battles between them right because then you would have sort of known what they were fighting over right like so i mean I don't know, maybe it's one of those things like the whole, uh, you know, I, it, it it makes me think of the story that John Byrne always used to tell about Man of Steel, where he's like, oh, if I had to do it over again, he's like, I would have never opened with Krypton, 
you know, I would have just had Superman on Earth, and then he, just like Superman, the audience knows nothing about Krypton until he learns about Krypton. Do you know what I mean? Like, and not, you know, but he was so, you know, he the way he explains it, he was so stuck in the trappings of the original, you know, you always open with Krypton exploding. It was in Superman the movie, it was in, you know, the the the, the previous pre-crisis continuity, you know, like like he, he was just on autopilot and maybe maybe some of this is is akin to that where, you know, they you, you know, you saying, "Dude, you're not trapped by this," but may, maybe they maybe they just didn't even realize that they were trapping themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe maybe you know somebody saying that to them out loud, they would have been, oh oh, I I you know like oh I would have I would have totally you know like done something different if I realized that about myself that I was like you know I don't know uh, boxing myself into only certain options or whatever right like so I mean I I, I think I think your criticism is completely fair and valid. I did appreciate the whole is Paris burning thing from Makuva. Like I was like, oh hey, that's nice. And I was like, oh that's a little. If you know if you know about that in the history, or yeah. or if you've read the book or you've seen the film, it's like you're like, okay, well someone's gonna like do the same thing here. Like someone's gonna betray Makuva, and the world's not gonna get blowed up. All right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, because you know the world didn't get blown up, and someone did uh, betray the the ominous multi-layered missile thing that was supposed to destroy like all the cities across the earth you can send us some angry emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com we are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com and over there you can download direct download all the episodes of mobile suit mondays but we are also on all kinds of streaming we're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and we're also on Apple Podcasts, so you can find us there. And we're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. No more goats for a while. This is just, where's my ice cream?
Hey guys, I'm I'm gonna take a break for a minute. I think uh, that burrito I ate like uh, four hours ago before I got back on the plane has finally caught up with me. So I'll be back in maybe like five minutes. So sorry. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Justin, let's trash Derek while he's gone. Excellent. He'll never know. <laughs> He'll never know unless he, of course, he listens to this part of the recording. Damn it. <laughs>